0: That is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Relentless, remorseless, and pounded Corden It's a submission. Good afternoon and welcome to this week's episode of the Race Hour podcast in association with bookmakers.com kindly sponsored by the Toefe.co.uk, home of the £1 million play spot for every single day of the Chapman Festival. I'm Darren Hughes and I'm temporarily filling in for Dean Ryan this week. And Delighted to be joined by the main man himself, Dermot Nolan. Uh, Dermot, Holy Week is upon us. How's the mood?
1: Holy Week is upon us and Lord God, has it rained, Darren? But look, thank God we're here and it's uh, all looking good. And exciting, isn't it? Big time, yeah. Listen to continue that metaphor: the, the heavens have certainly opened, but that d- doesn't seem to have dampened the
0: mood of Mr. Toad.co.uk himself, Jamie Benson. Uh, Jamie, I'm assuming you've touched down the Cotswolds by now, and how are the excitement levels?
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. I've uh, made it, made it over, and uh, safe to say I'm walking my box pretty aggressively here. Um, it's just been so. I've, been, I've been literally so much politics has been talked, specifically by me as well. But I'm delighted to pull it out behind us and just get into the actual racing for a bit. Um, so yeah, now looking forward to it
0: Absolutely, yeah. and listen, bollocks talk is what keeps this sport ticking over so with, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll proceed to do about 35 minutes of that I think, is uh, over we're going to crack straight into proceedings and fly through all seven races on tomorrow's card starting with the opener, the supreme novices hurdle, uh, Fassil Vega heads the market here at a general 9-4 5-2 in a place, Marine National trained by the very bullish Barry Connell is 4-1 and Elete uh is a general 9-2 after his Somewhat surprising victory at the Dublin Racing Festival. Dermo, I'm going to come to you first. We've probably gone through this race, you and I, 20 times at this point, but it's the eve of the Chatham Festival. Who is your selection for the spring?
1: Yeah, we'll keep it nice and quick today. Look, marie National. the um the ground, you'd prefer it good, but it doesn't offer that much fear. He handled it very, very well at um at Ferry House. Darren, I just think he's a really exciting horse, and even before Fassel-Vegas' uh, blip, I was happy to take him on, so... I still am, so marine national for me here then.
0: That makes sense to me. And Jamie, I'll ask you for the same. Uh, the supreme Officer hurdle. What's your view?
2: Yeah, it's um, it's obviously the first leg of the million pound playersport, and so I'm actually keen to take on uh, Facel Vega, especially after his run last time. Obviously, um, Il était temps, again might have been flattered by that, and I'm just I, I'm slightly taking a chance on it in the pocket. Um, Obviously, in the same breath as as slamming that Leppistown form, I'm then going to tip up a horse that was behind the pair of them. Oh, well, no, sorry, ahead of Fast Vega, but um, you know, behind Illethiton. But in the, in the pocket, I think I would have really liked him in the Ballymore. more. But I don't necessarily see the drop back to two miles as the end of the world, given that it's going to come up quite soft. Um, and I think he could just run a big race. So I think the extra sort of uphill finish will seem to to best effect and will be doing his best wet late, we'll, won't be ridden too on the pace. So I think he's just a really interesting each way back in the pocket.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it looks like a particularly open supreme like Because for all the people, all that we've talked down fast Vega after his bit of a blowout at the Dublin Racing Festival, I don't think anybody would be falling on the ground if he was to go and win and win comfortably either. But even in saying that, there are at least three or four horses in here I could see winning. Uh, for what it's worth, my personal selection is uh, Marine National, Barry Connell, very, very bullish. I've come around to the idea of leaving him fresh for this, and I can see him running a big, big race for a yard that's very in form after their international National win at Nace yesterday. Move on then. The 2.10 is uh the article, which has been pitched as something of a match race. John Bon and El-, El Fabiola are pretty hard 13 to split at 13-8 to joint fabs. Dicer was in there at 5-1 to 1 and San Juan at 8s. The, uh, the shrewdies amongst us who were backing horses each way prices last week and they hope there might be six runners in this race have had their arse as well and surely handed to them. Jamie Benson, are you one of those, or what are your thoughts on the article as it stands?
2: <laughs> I don't think I've ever been called shrewd in my life, which in this instance seems to be a saving grace um, because I don't have any particularly larry anti-post position on it. Um, I, I've i just been the El Fabiolo fan, I'd about to say forever, but but not really actually, just since the Dublin Racing Festival. Um they, uh, I reckon, they should rename the Arkle, uh, the Ar- rename the Irish Arkle as the Arkle, and this is the English Arkle, uh, because that was the best piece of two-mile novice chase form all season, and potentially uh, that I've seen in the past few years as well, wasn't it? It was absolutely mad. Um, they went that 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 strong gallop gallop set by Dysart Dynamo, there was no hiding place. You know, Banbridge and appreciate it. Who don't reoppose? It was just mighty. It was mighty to make a couple of mistakes and still win. Um, I can't see El Fabiola beaten here. Um, I think he's a potential superstar. and uh, Although I will also see a slightly better run from Dice Hard Dynamo. Um, I think that Cheltenham will suit him better than Leopardstown, potentially. Um, and as long as the occasion doesn't get to him, I, I can see him filling second place behind El Fabiola.
0: Strong words there from uh, Jamie Benson, who sees the, uh, the joint fab John Bond not even in the first two. Dermot, what are your thoughts on the race?
1: yeah this this race for me could well really blow apart now um especially on the softer ground i mean dicey dynamo only knows one way of going um he, he could cause an awful lot of problems for, for them all as in he could win this you know the way that his running style goes but still he just seems to always find one too good in these top top class races el fabiola and john bon are the best two horses in the race If i had to pick between them i probably would just go for john bon at the moment just based. On his jumping, but I'm actually happy to shirk the whole front of the market here. And um, Saint Wall for me, I think could be the one to pick up this. I mean, I think people forget that you know this is a horse who won a county hurdle on on very similar ground last year in the champion hurdle. He actually ran a blinder. And it, it, like if any of those horses are front of him, honeysuckle, epitant, went jumping fences this season, God knows what sort of price they'd be in an arkle. And um, you know he wasn't all that far behind them. He was unlucky. At, at the DRF, that wasn't that he was taking off his feet. He just unseated early. It was just an unlucky fall. um. So he's definitely one that this race blows apart. Darren, and he could be one to pick it up.
0: Yeah, an outsider. I won't say an outsider. He's a nice one book, but um, certainly a little bit off the beaten path. I think Efrenok uh, Fizz running here is a bit bizarre. It has pretty much zero chance of winning, but I think for those who did fancy Dice would with would much prefer to see Efrenok Fizz not in this race because for all not up to this level can go a fairly decent clip for enough of the race that it, it could really blow jump or um Dice Dynamo's brains to bits. So, interesting race ahead, but uh, not a bad shout there from Dermot Nolan with San Wah. We move um, on now to... Uh, sorry, Jamie. Just, just,
2: just quickly, just quickly. Sorry to interrupt that, Darren. John Bond is 3,750 guineas in fantasy, whereas El Fabiolo is only 2,500. <laughs> Who would you rather have at the prices there?
0: Jesus, yeah, as in, like, considering El Fabiolo is actually 11 to eight 85 in a place, yeah. uh, that, that does seem wrong. We're definitely going to get you to, to run us through the fantasy at the end of the podcast, Jamie, because it's something I only kind of, only, I'm a late comer to it, but uh, in terms of having a bet to keep you interested through the day, Chad, I mean, it's very, very hard to top, but um, we definitely will we'll come to that at the tail end of the podcast, and you can run us through it in all its glory at that point. Um, the ten, the two fifty, then is the ultimate handicap chase. It's uh, one of those unusual races at the Cheltenham Festival that's pretty much dominated by the English. Uh, the Irish record is pretty poor, and uh, it is certainly the English that dominate the market at the moment. Cora Grambler bids to follow up last year's success. Uh, a six to one fav into Overdrive then is next in at about sevens. Naslam for Gary Moore's eights, and after that then you have the first Irish runner in the bet, at least there in the shape of Faster Slow, who's been there subject to a very interesting gamble in recent days. Dermo, I'm going to come to you first, the ultimate. What are your thoughts on the race as it stands? I think you're on mute, Dermo.
1: <laughs> Every single uh, podcast.
0: Eddie! Uh, it's a race hour
1: bingo. Ticked <laughs> off there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> every it was me every time uh but the i was very keen on lord accord for this uh he was a horse that i was i was tracking through but the ground just completely went for him they've made the right call i said they might hope for a miracle and maybe go for something like the kim weir but i'd imagine now he'd be a horse that'll rock up an entry or somewhere like that um so in lieu of that uh fast or slow has just been one that it's just every now and then they're is a handicapper. I know Ireland don't have much of a hope usually in this, but God almighty, everyone. Even my mother probably texted me today about this horse and she doesn't know what a horse is even. Um, so, yeah, fast or slow, just based on very little bare word, Darren. I'm um, happy to row in there.
0: Uh, that's true, Darren. listen, a bit of word at the Cheltenham Festival. Yeah, very, well, I won't say very rarely leads you astray. It can often lead you astray, but the right word can prove to be very, very profitable. Jamie Benson, I'll jump to you. A race dominated by people from your country. Uh, are you siding with one of those horses or have you got a different view in the race?
2: Well, my mammy would be devastated to hear you say people from your country because she'd say my country is your country. But there you go. <laughs> the, the accent definitely says says otherwise. So, uh, But with, with that in mind, no, I fancy I fancy fast or slow. Um, on form, I think he, he's he got an excellent chance given that he was second in the Coral Cup off 141. He runs off 150 in the chase. So at nine pounds higher, it's not the end of the world. Um he was also then second at Punches Down uh to Campron off one four four. So he's definitely those were both over two and a half miles. I think the step up to to three uh three miles plus is, is has always been the plan. Yeah, you know, he he ran up, ran behind uh uh just forgotten name of Gallop into Champs for a minute there uh, in the in the <laughs> Durkin earlier in the season and uh, and you know Christmas over over far too uh, sorry DLF over far too short a trip so I think this is this is going to be his game um, I think a mark of one fifty is unbelievably workable and I'd say he goes pretty close.
0: Very good, strong selection there from Jamie Benson. I'd also like to say it is the mark of a true Irishman uh, when you get offended that somebody mistakes you for an Englishman. So we'll let you <laughs> back in on that count. Uh, look, we move on to what it probably is, the the granddaddy of them all on the Tuesday. It's the race we've kind of been waiting for all season. Uh, I don't think it's overkill to say that <clears throat> the outcome of this race could provide us with our next Colorado star, our next Sprinter Sacre, our next Hurricane, whatever you want to call it depending if things go right for constitution hill who is the 4 to 11 favorite here for the this uh unibet champion hurdle statement bids to spoil his party at a price of 10 to 3 to fo- and follow up his victory in the county hurdle last year and it's pretty much big price at the rest after that in what is a seven runner race four band 14s and i like to move it at 20 to one pope jamie i'm going to stay with you is there a way to oppose constitution hill here
2: uh no, not for me um and I think the the exactor of of Constitution Hill state man is pretty pretty locked on um the only real angle I have into it is I think of of the rags I'm going to take a small chance of I'm not so sleepy to maybe finish the th- finish third to those two um just i mean really just on on a price basis, I can't really make you a form argument he's eleven and, and he dead heated with epson in the in the Fighting Fifth last year, that's the best bit of form. So no, I can't really make it, make a point. But uh, I've, I've got a feeling that you might be able to make a point, um, as you proclaimed earlier, uh, that you might be able to get constitutional Hill beat. Which I'm still, I've, I cannot wait to hear the argument for it.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm going to let Durma Nolan go first, while I try and make up a decent excuse. I don't really have an argument. It's just it's more of a notion <laughs> than anything else. Dermot, I will come to you. Surely you can't uh, you can't uh, oppose statement or sorry, oppose constitutional, Hill. I should say here either.
1: Uh, no, well, one interesting thing that you can add to your case though, Darren, is that I did, uh, Brian Hayes is, is doing a daily article on bookmakers.com, so I did that earlier, and um, he said that he was talking to Paul Townend this morning, um, and Paul Townend is quite, not bullish, but but, but thinks that he, he's going to really give Constitution Hill plenty of it with Stateman. Apparently, Stateman's working really, really well, um, and he, he yeah, he's, he doesn't, he doesn't agree that this is a forlorn ho- a forlorn hope in any stretch of imagination, but I don't see it. I think we're. I, I think uh, the analogy that he used before is a state man is like a Mohamed Salah or a Eden Hazard, and that you know he's he's fantastic on his day, but I think we're looking at Lionel Messi here in Constitution Hill who is just impeccable and of a different world. So. I um I definitely struggle to see him beaten, and for the sake of the one million pound tote um play spot, which we'll get Jamie to talk through after these uh these picks, um he would be one that I think we you know we probably be napping really.
0: Yeah, it's probably hard enough to see him out of the two, all right. Um, it was just interesting, and I know this is a tote sponsored podcast, but he was he was a weak enough favourite on the exchanges up until like today. He was touching one to two at one point over the weekend, which like. All the conversation on this horse is that he is a more certainty can't get beat. It's a matter of running the race, blah blah blah. But like the odds suggest that if he were to run the race three times, he'd get beaten once. So like it can't it can't be both. I I I'm I'm struggling a little bit now. Look, he's tightened up a little bit. He's kind of two to five in the exchanges. He's he's four to eleven with the fixed odds guys, uh, or or one to three. But that's still there's margin for error there. I I, I don't know. It's 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 a hard one to maybe verbalize from from where I'm sitting, but. I don't think I'd fall off the chair if he was beaten tomorrow, is the way i put it. But uh, <clears throat> he is very, very hard to leave out for, uh, for play spot purposes, certainly. And uh, I think we'll we'll move on before I'm challenged on the nonsense so I've just spewed there. Um, we, The next race, 10 past four, is the mayor's Hurdle. Uh, Marie's Rock is the 94 favourite here, having diverted from the stairs hurdle, where it looked like she might take her chance, but the, uh, the oncoming rain has left her in the Mare's. She's displaced Honey Suckle as the favourite here. Honey Suckle is now 7 to 2. Brandy, love is five to one generally, and Epitant is a six to one poke. That's with the fixed odds, guys. Dermo, I'm gonna to come to you. Probably the most heartwarming story of the week would be to see Honeysuckle go out in her shield here or, or even win the race, but it's probably hard to see. What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, and look, there is no bigger fan of her than us. And like I know people rubbish the whole thing of celebrating a horse you haven't backed. that seems to be the the new calling card now, but I definitely would. I mean if uh if honey sucker was jumping the last in front i'd be i'd be screaming her home it's just it's just hard to see or come it's just rare enough that a horse kind of goes off the edge that much now again brian hayes made a good point today that it, it, you know it's still it, it's not a champion hurdle she's running in and she's beaten most of these mares or at least even still to this day she's running according to the handicapper six pounds above them all so you know she 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 is the one to beat the, the money for marie's rock is very interesting especially on the ground you know she that really levels the playing field massively because i'm just not sure honeysuckle wants this trip on this ground necessarily as good as she's been always she's been beating inferior horses over that trip but she's kind of been at her best either on this trip on good ground or kind of turning a two-mile race into a stairs affair like she did in that irish champion hurdle that day when she that first champion irish champion hurdle win which anyone that tries to say that she's overrated i bet implored him to, to go back and watch that race to take it up two out like that. But again, sorry, I, I'm uh, not the boil here. I like, um, she wears it well here, Darren. She's, she's a massive price considering, you know, she, she fairly thumped Queen's Brook at Christmas. Uh, her jumping can definitely improve, but this ground brings her right back into it. She was, she was good enough and, and hardy enough to win a pretense trial and won it very well so for her to be here now in this race on this ground she'll be staying all day and i just think that if this does develop into a real stayers race that will suit marie's rock it'll also suit this mare she's got canny danny on board and uh of course the totes danny mullins and um i think he could take an awful lot of, or that she could definitely get involved here
0: a bit of a one at a price there for Dermot nolan uh interesting all right she looked like a mare full of promise uh, Danny Mullins does writer, Jamie Benson I'll come to you I will just say before you jump in that production that the talk came with uh, Danny following Danny Mullins on his journey to Cheltenham was one of the best produced pieces of content I've seen from uh, we call it a betting company in quite some time and it, it was a very very diluted market at this point that one really did stand out head and shoulders above the rest I'm not sure how much you had to do with it or not but uh, I, I did want to say that on air it was really really excellent but we'll get your thoughts on the Mayor's Hurdle here if that's alright
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, one, I'll, I'll pass it on to the team too. You can imagine I had nothing to do with it because of how good it was, um, and, uh, and and I, and I and I do I, I do like uh, as she wears it well as chances here at the prices. You know, I I think that um, makes a really competitive case for her there, and and you can see her staying on into into a place. But uh, for me, I can't get away from marie's well. She looks like the coming horse um in the in this in this division and she was mighty last time out in the rail clear and same course and distance, you know, you just think she's gonna take all the beating. Um defending her crown from last year. Honey honey second isn't horse that she was, but I still sit, think she could be fifteen pounds below her best and be good enough for second here. Um so yeah, I'm not gonna go with any particularly original ideas, but I do a canny Danny, I'm taking that away with me. I'm gonna I'm gonna reuse that. But uh, yeah, Kenny, Kenny and she wears it well. Like, I, see, I see the point there, and that could be a sneaky each way.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I wouldn't put anyone off. I'd be very, very interested to see what the market does if Stateman was to go and topple Constitution Hill, because if that was to happen, it's very, very hard not to not to follow in on honeysuckle in this mare's hurdle, especially at a price like 72 if you're able to get it, which you probably wouldn't for too long. If that was to happen in the champion hurdle but in any case i digress move on to what's potentially the trickiest race of the week it's certainly up there as one of them and one of the least appealing races of the week as well if you're asking me it's the boodles juvenile handicap hurdle also known as the fred winter it's a juvenile handicap hur- a handicap hurdle for juveniles i should say the market is headed by to cow as always jp McManus having a very strong grip in this race bikers in there for charles burns Bad for Ben Pauling, bids to go one better than Gaelic Warrior did last year by exploiting a very favourable English handicap mark in comparison to his French mark. Dermot, I'm going to come to you. Have you unravel this puzzle for us yet, or are you happy to sit and watch?
1: No, I actually really <laughs> enjoy this race. I kind of like the madness of the Boodles. I hope it's not got rid of ever from the festival. There's, uh, as the, the three-year-old stock rises a little bit now, it, it, it's not the flat rat division it once was, as Davy Russell always called it. Um, it's it's definitely getting better and this race as a result of the irish dominating is is getting better again i mean some of these horses would definitely in years gone by have been named at a triumph but i'd say the english trainers rather correctly are deciding that they're going to opt out of the willie mullins juggernaut um and just go for for a handicap like this and that means the likes of bad ends up here etc but i like the other um i like the english horse English horses here, a few of them, because I, I like. I just think there's there's the Irish juveniles are definitely clear, but in this race, I think the better English juveniles are actually coming here, as I just said. And Punted the Last for me last time, like Dar- Gary Connolly of this podcast said before, and actually you did as well, Darren. That Zenit was the last horse to beat Blood Destiny on the same card as Lossiemouth won, and was much quicker than Lossiemouth as well. And I think Punted Punted the Last had they actually wanted to win that day. Um, could have and was traveling through like an absolute beast and i don 't think harry skelton was was i don 't think he went home and cried in his pillow but not winning that race that day um you know preserving a mark for here and Punta del' Est for a team of the skeletons who uh have just been targeting races superbly all season they they really have toned up that um, that yard there they' 're just superb target trainers and I think uh the del' Est here at decent odds, considering how well Skelton had one run in this race last year as well uh could go very well there.
0: Interesting case made for one at a very, very tasty price there by Dermo Nolan. Certainly one to keep on side. Uh, Jamie, I'm going to jump to you. Do you have anything half as interesting to say as what Dermo had? Are you focusing on the top of the market or are you swerving it all together? <laughs>
2: Well, certainly it's not half as interesting, but uh, I'm, siding with, I'm siding with Sundial um, for, for the same connections that, that won the race last year. Uh, it's a very similar horse, actually, um, in that he's a, he's a colt from Aidan O'Brien. Uh, he, he was rowing 87 on the flat, so maybe not quite as good as Brazil. But um, he comes here with form figures of six six five eight, 5'8", uh, which you'd love to see. But he's wearing first-time cheek pieces. He won a maiden on heavy ground. Um, and I can I can see this having been the plan for a while. And although you're taking a bit on trust um, with Porterie Ro- Ro- Roach and uh, and JP Mamanis on side, I'm I'm quite happy to put my trust in them.
0: Happy days, yeah. I think that's often a safe way to go in this particular race or in pretty much any race at the Cheltenham Festival over the four days. Uh, we'll round out, lads, with the artist formerly known as the four miler. It's now the three mile sixer, which is a lot less sexy. But in any case. Uh, Guyer de Manil does head the market here at around even money uh, with top amateur Patrick Mullins. But uh, Mallor Mission is next in at sevens. Chemical Energy is also sevens and so is Manella Crooner. So we've got co-second favourites here after the defection of Churchstone Warrior who unfortunately pulled up lame over the weekend. It's a big blow to connections who wouldn't have a whole pile of Cheltenham Runners at the best of times. Jamie, I'm going to stay with you for this. Uh, are you opposing Guyer de Menil here? Do you find him difficult to oppose or what's your view?
2: yeah i I probably will end up opposing him at the prices just because I think it evens he's liable to make a mistake or find something to beat him or you know, I just don't know how reliable he can be and in terms of even money shots throughout the week, he'd be he'd be one i I, I would be less keen on. although that said, the conditions he wants to thorough test the soft ground might bother him. you know everything is in his favor, but you know when you just can't shake a feeling and you you just always quite want to take a horse on. Um, and i'm probably going to take him on with uh, manella crooner and tensing so manella crooner is always shaped as a dalla dars and he needs to improve his, his form over fences but you know i feel like i feel like Cheltenham could see him do that with a bit more time to to organise himself um and then that near four mile test being up his street and then tenzing was second last time out to mile emission but he was giving mile emission weight that day i think he's giving him five pounds and although he's beaten 10 lengths again he looks like the type that can improve uh he's only a six-year-old very much not the type um that would traditionally suit this race but um I, I i don't really mind that he's 20 to one so i'll take a bit of a chance on yeah tenzing as honest,
0: well. i'm quite keen to get after um Glyard-Amin as well i mean on on strict form lines, he probably is a little way ahead of these. But just, he's he's a horse whose profile I don't like. I don't like anything about him. I've never liked him since he was a novice hurdler, and he nearly fell up the hill at Cheltenham against uh, Bob Bollinger <laughs> and Brave Man's game. Yeah, like it's he's just, he's just one. I've oh, I, he makes me sick to look at him. To be quite honest, which but anyhow, that's why they're here to there. D- <laughs> Dormon, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna come to you after that. Uh, do you have a strong opinion uh, on guy or de Manila? you gonna put me in my box.
1: Well, not as strong as you anyway you, Darren. But the uh, <laughs> the um, I've always thought that this horse um, I I, I like I adore this horse as an novice hurdler. Thought he was brilliant, and then Bob Allinger absolutely slammed him that day. But you know, in third that day was a decent enough horse called braveman's Game. Uh, last season he just bumped into a few, but still good enough to finish second in Irish Grand National in third th- third. In RSA, his biggest challenger by the market looks like it's Church Sound Warrior. He absolutely hammered him at Christmas. That horse went on and beat Maler Mission. I just I don't see a form angle here. Manella Crooner is the one that I think could improve to be in our to be if he if that race was in the place, but he'd be one that I'd be putting into the place spot, But from a maybe on a tote exacto, I might go Gayard gay de menil to beat uh, to beat Krooner, But I don't see any horse. Just like Statler last season, I think this race is that bad that. I just think he's the only genuine Grade One horse in it, and he wins and wins easy enough. I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, that's I, I, I can definitely see the case, and it's it's a uh, it's hard to oppose him to be honest on strict form terms and rating terms and all that. But he's just a horse I I couldn't park higher on him on him at a short price, but that's just a personal thing. Um, right, lads, uh, we've flown through the seven races there on the carriage. Tomorrow, obviously, the first six are what make up the place, but. Darren, I understand you've been keeping count, and you can tell us exactly where we're at with the play spot.
1: I well certainly can. So yeah. So before the show, just to just to speed this podcast up up a little bit. Um. So in the Supreme Novices Hurdle, we have three. So that was Marine National in the pocket, and then Fenner Cross was a horse that I forgot to mention, but he was the one that I put up on the previous night at fifty to one. I think he could be one that could sneak into a place, and if this race absolutely blows up, it pays to have this because one year. I'll never forget it. We were set for a massive payout because I put uh, Esportal in into my uh, play spot, and everything else crashed out of that Champion Hurdle. And I'll never forget Benny to do came down and cost us our share of the dividend that day. It would have been absolutely huge. Uh, uh, still, still breaks my heart. But that won't happen. But I cover Fenner Cross as well. So that's Marine National in the pocket Fenner Cross. Race two, the Arkel. We've gone for three again. That's El Fabiolo, um, who Jamie Benson loves. John Bon, who uh, Darren loves. Sorry. And St. Wahoo, I think, could uh, could take advantage. A few runners, but there's three places. So I think we should be covered there, although we've said that a few times these last few weeks. <laughs> it hasn't quite happened. At uh, the ultimate, we've gone brave with only two, uh, faster, slow and Oscar elite. Uh, in the champion hurdle, we've gone for one, Constitution Hill. In the mayor's hurdle, we've gone for Marie's Rock, and she wears it well. Uh, both those mares on, on, on uh, soft ground, uh, Obviously, boodles. We've gone for three because you have to have three in that mental race. Uh, sundial for Jamie, biker for Darren, and Punta the less for me. And that leaves us with uh, 36 by three, which is 108 lines. And Jamie Benson, that's that's um, that's not too many on a big festival day like that, is it?
2: Yeah, I'd say that's 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 fair enough. You, you know, if you're big, if you're main part of the day, you want to get through. It's a million quid. Yeah. Yeah. Why
1: not? 100%. And we know, Jamie, because we've been going on so much about it on here that it's a million pound play spot every single day at the Cheltenham Festival. So that's something that we're shouting about on Twitter and we were race hour last night. But please, I have people still asking me about how the fantasy works, what it does, how to get involved. Now, this is your brainchild. This is your baby. Apparently, uh, according to your Twitter profile, if people don't start playing it, you'll, you'll lose your job. So um, why should we all get involved uh, with Toad Fantasy and how does it
2: work? Yeah, to be fair, there are plenty of other reasons why I could lose my job as well. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so fantasy is basically uh, you pick one horse in each of the seven races. Um, the idea being it's a cross between the sort of fantasy football and the place pot. You yeah, have your ten thousand guinea budget. Um, I mentioned earlier in the show that you know El Fabiolo is actually less expensive than John Bon um, through through a sort of a bit of a rick in the pricing. But you can see the popularity of of pick you can see how many people are picking each horse so for instance i think El well, fabiola currently is in just over 50 percent of the lists so you might go actually even though he is value i'm still going to go and pick john Bon or Samoa uh because they're just in fewer lists so it's it's as much about playing the game as it is about picking the horses uh, you get your stable star and your stew's inquiry boosts uh, stable style scores you double points Stewart's inquiry your horse scores the points of the finishing position above it so if it comes second like stateman in the in the champion hurdle you score the points of first um, and yeah you just score points throughout the day you can see how you're doing in the leaderboard you can create private leagues to play against your mates as well uh, it's, it's 7 quid or nearly 8 euros in and um, and yeah it's just a bit of crack throughout the day there's profit to the top 25 percent. so even if you lose your first few races it probably only takes a couple of winners to sneak you into the money uh, and obviously there's a nice big jackpot for for whoever finishes first um and so sort the of gradients down so yeah that is it's a different way of looking at days punting um i i you know personally i, I love it i i invented it not invented you created it uh, it's hardly an original idea. It's sort of just a bit of a mix of of other concepts, but um, yeah, it's just yeah a great way to enjoy an afternoon's punting for any seven quid. Whilst uh, I'll, you know I'll go and do my bollocks on uh, on on Constitution Hill too. Absolutely, it. it's elsewhere.
1: fantastic idea, isn't it, Darren? Absolutely, yeah, hundred
0: percent. One question I do have for you, Jamie, is who sets the prices? Is it sort of like is it a pool system where the prices select based on how many people pick the uh, the horse, or is it is it set independently?
2: No, so certainly independently, and I'm actually slightly annoyed with the with El Fabiola pricing and um, pricing. I normally look over them before they get published, uh, just to check for any ricks. Um, and because this pool opened early, I actually didn't look at it, and it's basically just an algorithm uh, across sort of an amalgamation of prices that we that we take. And we so we take a bit of a market view, um, but that that slightly annoyed me. They should have been three seven fifty each. So. so uh, El Fabiola is a rick, uh, but normally the the guinea price really reflects how how good a chance the horse has. You know, the same way as Mo Salah and, and you know Erling Haaland are the most expensive in fantasy football. Uh, Constitution Hill will will cost you six thousand guineas, which yeah, is over fair, half your fair, budget. Yeah, so, yeah. You know. that
0: makes sense. Yeah, uh, because again, it's just it's one of those. If it's you know if it was kind of like fantasy soccer, which or fantasy football, I should say, which is kind of selected by the. Uh, the great hive mind that is the people who play the game but that that is that is interesting and look what the, the, the value I cannot get over is the million pound play spot like that that is absolutely blowing my mind I think anyone who takes their punting in any way remotely seriously you are morally obliged to get involved in that million quid play spot because you're honestly you're leaving, you're leaving money on the table otherwise it might be expected value money and you know you can't eat expected value for dinner but at the same time you're in. You could take a, a right swing here for a right few quid for relatively small stakes. So you have
2: to get involved here, Spot on, absolutely. And you can you can play that with most bookmakers as well, and on the racetrack, and um, as well as at tote.ie and tote.co.uk. So you can access that most places. whereas fantasy is just at tote.ie forward slash fantasy, uh, or tote.co.uk forward slash fantasy. So it's just online. Uh, whereas PlaySport. Yeah, like you say, you can get that
0: value Absolutely. everywhere. So definitely, right, get lads, I'm going to push you for your nap uh, for Tuesday, and we're going to leave it there. We're going to be back every single day this week, but I'll uh, I'll get your naps off both of you first of all. Dermo, I'm going to come to you first. Your nap on day one of the Shetland Festival, please.
1: And for the sake of this podcast, we'll call it our fantasy stables there. And the uh,
0: <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, <laughs> And on
1: day one would be Marie National, definitely.
0: Marine National for Dermot. Nolan and Jamie, your banker on day one of
2: the Shadow Festival, please. So I'm going to stable star fast or slow, which is not advisable. But if I go it right, uh, you get extra points for big fields. And if he wins by more than the length, which I think fast or slow could, and I'll probably be the only person in the entire competition to stable star him. <laughs> so I'll be right and gone. So yeah, I'm going, I'm going fast or slow as oh, my stable Jamie star. Benson
0: um i am going to take uh to answer, say, no. at the moment according to the fixed odd guys uh, odds guys so mightn't be the most unlikely shout of all time but i do like the angle especially with the extra fancy uh league points that come with picking a horse in such a big field uh i'm gonna to have to get after guyard de Manil, and i'm gonna stick in manella crooner as my nap for tomorrow i would have i probably would have gone faster slow but in the interest of having three second ones Let's go with Manella, Manella Crooner. So, <laughs> so that's day one of the Chetland Festival covered by the Race Hour podcast. As mentioned, I'll be back here every single day with German Olin this week covering the previous day's race and and having a look ahead at the following day's race. We might even have a couple of special guests along the way. But in the meantime, gamble responsibly. Stay tuned and enjoy the Chetland Festival week, please.
2: You're listening to The Race Hour, proudly brought to you in association with The Tote. Check out The Tote this jump season and find out what you've been missing.